بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وليس الذكر كالأنثى وإني سميتها مرمم وإني أعيذها بك وذريتها من الشيطان الرجيم صدق الله العظيم We begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and today of the series of uh, lectures on family life in Islam we're going to focus on uh, how to find out the personalities and how to find out how a person is when getting into marriage when choosing a partner and also this will help us in finding out personalities with children uh, also with parents how to deal with these people, what's the best way of dealing with these type of people um, and uh, especially even if you're married, even if you already are married how to know how one's spouse is, one's wife is, one's husband is and then to best go around dealing with this person we want to focus on that um, to begin with I just want to quote a hadith of the Prophet where the Prophet gives the reasons for people getting married and he says sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says tunkahu al-mar'atu li-arba'in that a woman is married for four reasons for four reasons one is li-jamalihah either she's married for her beauty uh, or li-hasabihah either she's married for her lineage for her position in uh, status in the society wal-imalihah uh, either she's married for her wealth and for her being rich walidiniha or either she is married for her religion or she is married for her character or her personality there's two meanings of the last one now the prophet then said fakhtar ad-din taribat yadak so choose the deen the religion or the, according to the second interpretation choose the personality type Taribat yadak, you will be successful. Okay, this not this just does not apply to women only, but men are also married for several reasons. Some of these reasons, and also men can be married for their strengths, for their abilities, for their quwa, for their for their appearance. Okay, they can be married for several reasons. For instance, in uh, in the Holy Quran, in the twentieth juz of the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Shu'aib alayhi salam. Uh, Shu'aib, this is different Shu'aib from the actual Prophet himself. His daughters, they were at a place where they had to, uh, water their own flock of sheep. And Musa alayhi salam happened to come across them. And he watered, he watered their, he gave water he, to, to their sheep and he also lifted a well that had, or the, the cover of a well that was very heavy. Many men had to lift it up and he lifted it up with one arm. Later on what happens, I don't want to go into details of it, but later on what happens is that one of them, one of the daughters wants to get married to Musa alayhi salam. So she chooses two qualities. She says in the Holy Quran, this is chapter number 28, verse number 26. She says, Ya abati sta'jirhu, O my beloved father, why, why not employ him? Why not employ Musa alayhi salam? إِنَّ خَيْرَ مَنِ اسْتَأْجَرْتَ الْقَوِيُّ الْأَمِينَ The best person you can employ is a person who is al-qawi, who is strong, and al-ameen, who is trustworthy. 
And why she chose these two qualities is because one for his strength of lifting the cover of that well with one arm, whereas many other men had to lift it together. And the second one was when she came to call him, he was so uh, honest and he was so modest that though she was a person who would show him the way to her father's house, he said, let me go and let, let me ride in front. She should have been the one who should have showed him, so she should have been the one in front. But he said, let me be in front. And you be behind, you guide me from behind. Because he did not want to see, let's say the wind or something would have blown her clothes and he would have, some part of her body would have been uh, apparent to him. He did not want that to happen and he did not want his eyes to be on her. Rather he wanted to be in front because of his modesty. So when she saw these two qualities she said, I want to get married to him for these reasons. So the ulama point out here that these are two qualities which women will find, which will, who, who, they will want in men. On the other hand, women have got their beauty and women have got many other traits which they can show and display and men will fall to these. Um, there are plenty, but if you just want to look at a brief, uh, uh, just look, look at one place in the Holy Qur'an, look in Surah An-Nur, which is the 24th Surah of the Holy Qur'an. There you will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in particular he addresses the women and tells them the very things which might lead them into destruction because uh, in the society. This is chapter number 24 verse number 31. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Women should not display their ornaments or display that which Allah has given as a beauty. Except that which is apparent, naturally apparent, like their face, uh, their hands and so on. That which naturally apparent they can, they should not go beyond that. And he talks about, I mean the Quran is a brilliant psychological book that goes into the deep uh, reasons why people do certain things. For instance, a woman walking down the street with shoes that make noise. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran in the same ayah, He says, وَلَا يَضْرِبْنَ بِأَرْضُلِهِنَّ لِيُعْلَمَ مَا يُخْفِينَ مِنْ زِينَتِهِنَّ Women should not walk in a manner uh, in streets, or walk in a manner in a place, so that, that making noise with their shoes, so that لِيُعْلَمَ مَا يُخْفِينَ مِنْ زِينَتِهِنَّ So that others will start to think of the hidden beauties that Allah has kept within themselves. Okay, behind their clothes, behind the, you know, their souls and so on. So these, these can be reasons why people might want to attract others towards themselves. But anyway, coming back to that hadith where people get married to one another for several reasons. Unfortunately, this Muslim ummah, uh, we've ended up with a lot of marriages that don't come, uh, are not fruitful. You have a lot of marriages where they unfortunately break up or the, or the people, they say the couple don't get on with one another. It's very unfortunate. And the reasons for that, I really have to say, is when they choose to get married for beauty, when they, get, when they choose to get married to marry someone for the wealth, when they choose to marry for the lineage, for their status, and so on, and not to get married to a person because of their religion, or the religious side of, of theirs, or, for instance, their, their character. Unfortunately, a lot of parents um, in, in back home in our countries, they look at these values. They will look at a woman's beauty, and I know this myself because uh, the country that I come in, you know, one of the one of the main things that people will look at is when they're going to choose uh, a bride for their for their son, uh, they will look at the beauty. They will look at the nose. So I mean, it's it's really it's uh, it's something which is derogatory 
it puts her down. Okay, and they, they don't look at that. When they were in themselves in this situation, when they were being looked at by others, when they were young and just about to get married, they hated this. But yet they go around, they will look at a woman. This happens in most of these countries. Okay, look at the type of nose she has, look at her face, look at her complexion, look at her, the way her cheeks are, look at her ears, look at, you know, look at her height, judge her by her height, by her colour, her skin and so on. These, these things are more of a value to some people than the actual innate feelings and the values which the person has. To look more inside, they look more on the outside than to look more on the inside. And because they do this, when you live with a person when you're married to them, you don't live in the long term with their outside uh, appearance. Because the outside appearance slowly deteriorates. You don't have a beautiful woman or a handsome man uh, stay handsome throughout their whole lives and that their beauty increases for you as they get older. Yet, the inner self is more important because you're living with that type of person. It doesn't matter how beautiful a person is, who they are on the inside is more important because the minute they're angry, if they become angry, then, then you want to find out who you're living with. Do they suppress their anger? Do they hold grudges against you? Would they rather forgive you and forget? Or would they rather keep, fester their, their feelings for you, resentful feelings for you, and then never forgive you? Unforgiving people. Are they people on the inside, people who like to, uh, who, who are, uh, who spend their wealth in a manner that is suitable for the family? They think of the consequences. They're, they're not people who are extravagant. They don't, they don't want to spend all the money in one day and then have to go to, into, into debts the next day. Or are they people who would rather keep the money? Never spend it. Be stingy. Don't spend on the children. Don't buy clothes for the children. Don't, don't, don't uh, work, you know, use money on the house. Change the decoration of the house. Or change the house. And these things really get to a point when either the woman or the man they will fall out with one another. Because of the inner self, not because of the outer self. You can be as, one person can be, you know, an, have an average look, but their beautiful character inside can be so good that you can stay with this person for the rest of your life without any bitter feelings. And the Prophet ﷺ summed it up in a hadith of Muslim. He said, dunya kulluha mata'ah The entire world is all wealth and property and assets. It's all wealth. The best of a Muslim's wealth is a righteous and a pious woman. That is his best wealth he can have. If you have a wife who is caring, who is lovable, who cares for you, who looks after your needs and so on, you're living with a person who, who is literally, who can be for you a, a, a virgin of paradise, a woman of paradise who is living with you and she'll make your, your dreams come true, she'll make your life so, uh, she'll, she'll make you seem so happy when you could have so many troubles around you. Yet, if you're living with a woman who is not of this character, who's always looking for your faults, who's looking for the faults in others, who's always behind you and looking uh, at something which you are doing wrong, looking at the wrong side of life rather than the good side of life, then she will become a person who will make your life miserable. And the same goes for men. If you're living with a husband, the same thing. A good husband, one who looks after you, one who gives you rights, 
one, who's, one, one who doesn't put his uh, friends over his family, put his work over his domestic life, then that person will, will bring you good treasures. He'll keep you happy. But if the person doesn't care about you, doesn't bother about you, is only after your looks, what will happen after a month? Where Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu, he was asked once about marriage, and he's, he, somebody asked him, he said, Mazziwaju, he said, what is, what is marriage? And Sayyiduna, Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, Sururu shahrin. He said, it's, it's a month's happiness. He summed it up, he said, I said it's a month's happiness. He said, Thumma mada? He said, what's after this month's happiness? He said, Ghumumu uh, dahrin. It's a lifetime's uh, anxieties after that. Marriage, after the first month of happiness. I mean, this won't be for every person, obviously, and you can't put this down to the T, but it's, it's generally you have a good time for a month or two months and so on, and then after that, you've got the burdens of life to deal with. You know, children, and then you've got to look after people, earn money, bring things to the house, or a wife has to look after the house, domestic duties, you know, and bear, bear the responsibilities. And then he said, Summa Mada, what's after that? Ali radiallahu anhu said, Kusur Zaharin. With all these burdens around you and on top of you, your back starts to bend. It, it gets worse. And then he said, Summa Mada, what's after that? He said, Nuzul Qabrin. Then after that, it's time for you to go and go into the grave. So, Surur Shaharin, one month of happiness, and Ghumum Daharin, Kusur Zaharin, Nuzul Qabrin, he just summarized the entire marriage. That's what it really is. If a person ends up with the right person, it can be the best thing for them. Now, coming down to the, the four things again. We've discussed about well, uh, beauty. About wealth. Wealth is something that Allah can give to someone. He can make them rich or he can make them poor. But wealth really does, does not bring happiness. There are a lot of people outside there who are, who are wealthy and who are not happy. There are a lot of people outside there who are poor but they're happy. The main factor you should look at is qana'ah. Qana'ah means that you're satisfied with what you've got. If a person is satisfied with little or more, then that person you want to live with. That's the kind of person you want to live with. A person who's never satisfied with what they've got, who wants more, who, who, who likes to earn more and more, that person you can never satisfy. The next uh, one is the hasad, the Prophet said. Lineage. A lot of people throughout our countries, they look for chaudhris, or they look for sayyids, they look for people who have got a high status. I mean, these are good things. I'm not saying that people shouldn't look for these things. And if, you can get, if you can get a woman with beauty, if you can get a man with, with, with beauty, and then at the same time he, he's handsome, at the same time he's got a good status, in the society, at the same time he's rich as well, at the same time he's got a good character, Alhamdulillah. You've got nurun ala nur, you've got light over light, you've got the best, you've got all four in, 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 in one person, in a wife or in a husband. But to actually not have the character and to have good beauty, good health, you know, wealth, and at the same time good status, but you don't have a good character, forget it. Your marriage is going to end up, you know, it's going to be a disaster. So people look for, for these things, high status, is it from a royal family, is it from a good family, and so on. That becomes more of a concern than to see what the person has inside, or is the person religious? That's what you should look at, is the person religious? Is the person one who will bring me good fortune in the future, or one who will ruin my life and ruin my family? That should be more of a concern. Unfortunately, a lot of Muslims out there, they don't look at this. They look at all these other things, now when the marriage happens, 
I mean, who's getting married? Your son is getting married or your daughter is getting married. You have to look at the best for them, who they're getting married to. And in, uh, why I say that it has two meanings, this last one, the deen. It can either mean religious or either, either could mean personality to type. You should look for that. It's because in, an Arabi, in Arabic, uh, the word deen has both meanings. There's a, there's a, there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that says, كَمَا تَدِينُ تُدَانُ The way you treat others, others will treat you. كَمَا تَدِينُ تُدَانُ Again, the word deen is in this hadith. And it relates to the, to the actual hadith itself where the Prophet ﷺ said, choose the deen inside this. Choose the religious aspect or the character inside this. Anyway, coming down to the, to the personality types. Now, you might think, how, well, how do I find out how a person is? When you get married, or with the wife that you're, you're already with, or with the husband. I mean, when, you, when you're married, you get to know who the person is. But how do you find out a person before you're in marriage? And how does Islam say that you, you should go about? Islam says that the choice should come from the person who's getting married. But the parents can have, and it's sometimes it is good for them to give their insight into how uh, uh, what things their children should l- look out for. Now the parents are people with a lot of experience and children should not say that, you know, I don't care what the parents say, I like this person on these basis and I'm going to get married to this person. This is wrong. At the same time, the parents shouldn't force or the parents shouldn't become adamant or blind to some of the things that the children are raising. Like, I don't like this in this person or I don't like that. No son or no daughter, you have to get married because what will the uh, extended family say? What will people say now? now? How do you think I will feel? And so on. Or this person is, is a uh, cousin or a relative of mine or something that you have to because I've already given my word. These things shouldn't come in the way. And people and parents should make commitments in the way of, you know, just, just because of their own satisfactions, their own son or their daughter's marriage is bold. When it comes to arranged marriages, a lot of the marriages that happens in our society is arranged. Now, if it's arranged but the consent, a good consent and the honest consent of the bride and the groom is there, both of them, their consent is there, then Alhamdulillah, go forward. If their consent is not there and they are somewhat forced, literally forced or forced with pressure, this can also happen. Pressure by saying, you know, putting so much pressure on her, what will happen? You have to, he's a good person or she's a good, good person, you have to get married. And putting so much pressure that they're forced to make the decision, but once they make it, then they are unhappy for the rest of their lives. Or for a great portion of their lives. This will have great ripples. It will affect them, it will affect their children, it will affect their future. If they, if, if nothing happens, they might get divorced. If they don't get divorced, then they will remain unhappy for the rest of their lives. And that's your daughter and your son going through that because you preferred the wealth, you preferred the beauty, you looked at what other people would say, and you get your daughter or your son into this situation. This is something, something which is disastrous. So there should be a combined understanding from the parents and from the children. Um, if the, if the, the bride or the groom, they find out later on, that, uh, especially in the case of the bride, if she finds, finds out that she does not like the person, she can actually, actually Islamically, she can go to a court in a normal Islamic uh, governing, governed system, she can go to the court and she can get her, her marriage annulled. She can, she can get the marriage broken. Uh, this is from a hadith in Bukhari, hadith number 5138. Uh, of Bukhari where Khansa bin Khuddam 
she was, she was a person in the Prophet's time. And Abaha Zawajaha wa hiya Sayyib fakarihat dhalik fa'atat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faradda nikaha. Her father got her married to a person. She did not like him. And after the marriage, she came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then she said, I, I don't want to stay with this person. The Prophet asked her a few questions and after that said, Okay, I annul my marriage, I break your marriage. Okay? So if the person is not happy, then the person should not stay. It's not good sometimes that you, you suppress the person, keep them in marriage after they hate the trait or the character of the other person they're living with. Or they don't like the looks of the person they're living with. You can't, you know, you, you can't. I mean, character is not the only thing. You have to have looks as well. A person, a person getting, getting married to another person shouldn't get married to a person, you know, looking at their, their looks. They think, okay, I'll sort of manage. It shouldn't be that kind of thing. It should be something which, okay, it, their looks appeal to them, at least appeal. I mean, I'm not saying that they should look for someone who's, you know, Miss Beauty on the earth or something. Now, some people, unfortunately, they look for so many things that they just don't get, end up getting married. They have, they have a long, uh, you know, time they don't get married because they look for, they want a perfect person. You can't have a perfect person. You have to compromise in certain things. And, you know, either it's going to be a place where the person is living, their looks or something else. You know. A person has to come to the end where they say, okay, I'm going to compromise on these things and I'm going to accept these other things. In Islam, forced marriages is not allowed at all. Forced marriages is not allowed. And it's haram to do so and people who do that, especially it happens back in our uh, countries, it happens where the person or the, especially the girls are forced into marriage, that is totally haram. And the people who are doing this, they will be accountable on the day of judgment and they will have to answer for what they've done. Um, love marriages in Islam, on the other hand, can work out if the people, I mean, Islam has a whole procedure of how one, another, what one person sees another. The best, uh, the thing that Islam says is, Islam does not say that you should look at the proposal of the person you get married to once and that's it, or never at all. Especially if a person never sees the person they get married to, that is, that is not right. The Prophet he told his sahabas, go and see the person who you're getting married to. There's many ahadiths to, to prove that. So it's absolutely necessary to see the person and to sit down with a mahram. This is, this is the distinction that Islam has between the Western values and Islamic values. That the West, West say that you can sit with the person, date the person, go out with the person as many times as you like, get to know the person. Islam says you can sit with the person, you can talk with the person, but with a mahram or a blood relative of the girl, of the, the, the one who's, who you get married to. She has to have her, her father, her brother or someone, her mother or someone, there present when you're getting to, or within the, you know, you're with the family and so on, you're there in front of them, you're not going to get up to something which is haram and so on, because the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يخلو, uh, لا يخلو None of you gets, uh, no man will ever get in secrecy with a woman, but the third amongst them will be the shaitan, will be the devil. So, and you can have many sittings like this, you can have as many sittings as you want until you're satisfied. So there's not one or two. Some cultures actually say you can only sit once. It's very unfortunate that these cultural things come in the way. People can't actually get to know who the other person is. And before they know it, smack, you know, they're married to the other person. This is wrong. This is a cultural thing. Where, for instance, in some tradition, the Bengali tradition or the Pakistan tradition, you have one sitting or two sittings or three sittings. And, and then again, it's formal. Where the, per, you know, the, the groom will come along with loads of presents or with loads of, with loads of things. And he never sits with the actual other person. He just sees her from a distance or she sees him from a distance. They don't get together and sit and talk and you know, get to know one another before they get into the marriage. It's very important this is. 
You know, and, and culturally they feel that they must do this because this is the way it was done for them and that is the way it was done for their fathers and their mothers and it doesn't have to go on because the Quran condemns that the Quran actually says inna wajadna aba'ana ala umma wa inna ala athari muhtadun when, when the Makkans were stubborn with their culture and their, and their ways and they said that we found our forefathers doing this we will do the same thing the Quran condemned that you don't look at what your forefathers have done if it was wrong now they didn't like you when they were getting married you, you possibly don't like you when you're getting married but you just keep these things going on because your culture demands it it's not that your religion demands it so in Islam there is really no boyfriend or girlfriend according to the Holy Quran the Quran two different places in Surah Al-Nisa it, it says the purpose of marriage should not be that you're going to make friends the purpose of marriage is a responsibility it's something you're getting into because it's a lifetime responsibility you're going to be looking after the other person it's not something you want to live with a person for her looks or for his looks or something and if you look in Surah Al-Nisa fourth, uh, fourth Surah of the Holy Quran verse number verse number 25 you'll find that Allah says that there should not uh, you know there should be no no boyfriends in Islam and if you look in Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter number 5 verse number 5 you'll find Allah says there should be no girlfriends in Islam you get to know one another with the mahrams in front and then after that you go and go ahead with marriage um, now coming down to the to the to how to figure out how a person is when you meet a person for the first time you might find that you might find that um, you're getting to, to see this person for the first time but there are a lot of things inside you will not find out and what I want to give you today is something which you can take away today and work on it if you're getting married you can use this to find out how the person is if you're, if you're already existing with the marriage you can find out well this is how my partner really is and I have to accept the way she is or he is if you've got children, again, this can be applied to children and adults alike but there is a danger in giving this the danger is that I don't want people to take this away and then to criticize others for the way they are to use it against them because this is a tool, I'm going to give you a tool with which you can verify how a person is but you can use it just like you've got a knife you can use a knife to cut things uh, to eat, get cut an apple to eat or you can use a knife to kill someone the same way with a gun, you can use a gun to defend yourself, you can use a gun to kill someone the same way I'm going to give you certain tools to find out how a person is but I really I don't want anyone who's listening to this lecture to go away and to use these tools against people because you can if you know how a person is, if you know how people are okay this is his type, this is his type, her type, her type okay I know all these people how they work, I know what hurts them I know what, what's inside them, I know what pleases them so I'm going to use it to my advantage and disadvantage so that I, I can manipulate people and this, this is wrong okay? you should know that you know, these things you should, you should find out and then use for good advantage you know, to bring harmony harm in relationships to accept the way people are sometimes to forgive people to uh, bring relationships together and not to split relationships from one another the thing that I'm going to tell you today over here is uh, something which I mean this is more to do with psychology but then, like I said to you that the Quran talks about psychology and if you look at the ahadith you'll find a lot of the sahabas who were with the Prophet they even had sim- you know, many similar traits you'll find like for instance Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu he was a person who was quiet he was to himself at the same time he was of high intuition he used to think a lot 
Okay, he he knew the deep things of the religion. At the same time, his uh, you know he, how his judgment would be affected. You will find you know he, his person who who would be there on time and so on. Omar radiallahu anhu on the other hand, he was a person who would involve himself in getting to know a lot of people, talking to them. He wouldn't keep him keep you know together to himself. He was a person who would, who, again a person of thought, a person of deep thought. Okay, whereas if you look at uh, Abu Dhar al-Ghifar radiallahu anhu, he was a person who was reserved, keeps, keeps to himself, he wasn't a person very talkative and so on. But at the same time, he was a person who was, who had a, you know, he was, he'd look at the smaller details of life. He wouldn't look at the, how his words would affect others and so on. You know, there's all these different Sahabas, you've got so many different Sahabas. And I'm not going to go through all the Sahabas, but I'm going to give you something which you can work out and find out how people are. Okay, and, and, uh, once you find out how a person is, you really want to then, you can find out your, your type as well, and then to find out how you best fit with certain people. Now the first thing you want to do is, you want to ask yourself four questions, okay? And I'm going to give you four questions, I want you to think about these four questions and then evaluate, okay? Four questions. These same four questions you can ask about anyone. And the four questions should bring you down to certain types. And then everyone is categorized into more or less 16 different types, one six. All people, more or less, come down to 16 different types. And then you can say, well, this is this person, he's got these traits. And you can find out a huge amount, once you know the types of a person, you can find out a lot. And when I start reading some of these types, you, when I come across yours, you will say, wow, you know, that's me down to the T. Now that's me exactly, that's who I am. Okay? This is a psychological uh, analysis of people. If you want to check more about this, uh, go onto the internet or something and find out in the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Okay? Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, which is M-Y-R, uh, M-Y-R, Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, then Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S, and type indicators, you can go onto the internet to find out. Or I'll, I'll quote you the book that I'm uh, reading out. I'm going to read some of these things out from The Art of Speed Reading People by Paul D. Uh, Tiger uh, and Barbara Baron Tiger. These two authors have, and there, are, there is a lot of information uh, out there about this. But you can find out personality types, and like I said, please don't use this against, the, you know, to your, to your advantage and to others' disadvantages. The four questions that I'm going to ask is, the first question is, how are you energized? Where do you get your energy from? Is the first question. Do you get your energy from being alone? Or do you get your energy from talking to people? Are you, or I can rephrase the same question by saying, are you more of a private person or are you more of a public person? person? Do you enjoy it more when you're talking to people or do you enjoy it more when you're alone and doing your own thing? That's the first thing. If your answer is that you enjoy talking to people, or being with people, being in public and so on, or like being, you know, interacting with people, if that's your answer, then I want you to put in your head E. Just remember this letter, E. If you're, if you're more of a person who likes to keep to himself, I mean it doesn't mean that, you know, obviously people always talk with other people, obviously people have their own time to themselves as well, but what do you prefer more? That's the, that's the question. What, what would you rather prefer more? What would you like more? Where do you get your energy? When you're alone, do you really feel better? Or when, you, when you're talking to few people, do you feel better? If it's the second one, that you, feel, you like to be on your own, 
then I want you to engrave an I in your mind. Either you're an E or you're an I. Okay? Now put this in your head. Okay, as I go along, there's going to be four questions. You need to have four letters at the end and then I'll tell you your personality type. The second question is how you take in information. Okay, it's about how you take in information. The question is when you come to a place or somewhere, do you really, do you usually pay attention to the facts and to the details of something or some place? Or do you pay attention to the overall sort of picture? For instance, if someone is talking to you about something, would you rather want to know about the overall picture of what they're saying? Like a book for instance, would you want to know how, what the book is really about? Or would you want to get straight into the book and look at the details of the book? Look at what small things have been mentioned in the book? Or you go to a place, you're more, are you more interested in the pictures on the wall? Are you more interested in the little vase or something, the carpet, the colour, the, you know, the things that you see? Are you more interested in seeing you know, where, about the whole house? Or for instance the forest, are you more interested in the trees? in the forest, like to see the first trees first, the immediate surrounding first, and then look at the forest, or are you more interested in the forest first, and then to see, look at the trees? This is the, 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 uh, third question, uh, the second question. So the second question again is, are you more interested in the facts and details of something, or are you more concerned about the overall picture? Obviously people will, you know, at some point of their life they will be more concerned about the overall picture, and some people will, will sometimes look at the details, but what is more of you? Which one is more of you? If it's the first one, which is that you look at the details of something, then I want you to put in your heads, okay, the next letter I want you to put is S. If you're more, if you're more with, uh, you look at the, the overall picture, you're more concerned about, you know, what's this all about, uh, in one big pack, you're not, you're not more, you're not interested in the nitty gritty details, you want to look at overall, the picture, then I want you to put N in your in your heads. Okay, so you either have S for the small details or for the overall picture you have N for like Nottingham. N. Okay. So, so far you have either an E or an I in your heads or you'll have an S or an N. The third question. The third question is how you decide and how you come to conclusions. How you make judgments. Okay. Would you say you're more logical in making decisions? Or would you say you're more sensitive and empathetic? Meaning that you're, would you say you're more concerned about the thoughts, you use your thinking when it comes to making decisions, or would you use your feelings, your heart to make decisions? If there is someone in front of you that's, that, that's done something, would you, would you use logical ideas and, and logical reasoning, like did you do this, did you do that, you know, and, and then look at the logical reasoning, or would you look at your feelings of how the person is feeling or how you feel towards the person and, and, and so on, okay? What are you more concerned with? Logical reasoning or... And the, oh, what persuades you more? Good logical argue or strong emotional appeal? What concerns you more? If it's the first one, if it's logical reasoning, then you need to put a T in your mind. Okay? If it's more, you're, you're more you're concerned about other people's feelings and so on, you need to put F in your... inscribe F in your mind. So, so far you've got an E or an I, and you've got an S, or an N, you've got a T or an F. Okay, and the last question is how you live your world. How you live your world. Are you a person? This is the fourth question. Okay, are you a person who, who likes to make decisions quick, or do you like to take time and look at more options? 
Or I can rephrase the question and say, are you more conscious of time? Do you like to keep your time? Do you like to get somewhere on time? Is it absolute must for you to get somewhere on time? Or you a bit, you know, or, or do you take it easy? Are you a bit more relaxed and you know, you, you can get there on time, doesn't matter. Or when making a, a, a decision, do you like to take your time and so on? Um, which one is it? If you're quick in making decisions, if you're quick, if you like to get on time and you expect others to be on time and so on and to get things done on time, if, if that's an absolute must for you, then I want you to put in your head a J. That's the last letter. Or if you take your time, if you, you're a relaxed person, if you take your time or you have options open to you and you like to take your time in making decisions, then I want you to put a P. Okay, P for Peter. So you, you definitely must have come to four. You know, sometimes you not, might not be sure, but if you're not sure, then I want you to keep both the letters in your mind. Okay? So you either have got an E and an I, between them two, you have one of them. You'll have either an S or an N. You'll either have a T or an F. You'll either have a J or you'll have a P. Okay? According to this, there's, these four letters make 16 combinations. A person might be, for instance, I, S, T, J. Or he might be E, N, F, T. And it, can make, it will make 16 combinations. Now, according to the different combinations, now let me give you a, de- uh, a very short of each one. Okay, I'm going to just quickly go through this and you'll find how appropriate it is to yourself as a person and to others who you know. Okay, your sons, your, your spouses, you know, and so on. The first one I'm going to come to, uh, come to is ESTJ. If someone's combination is ESTJ, then these are the type of people who are realis- realistically, you know, they, they like to size up situations, look at goals, they like to uh, make sure that the job is done correctly, they're, they're natural leaders, okay, so they want to be in lead. Okay, these type of people who they want to be in lead, uh, they don't want to be led by others. Okay, this is a, and why I'm saying all of this is because I want you to think now. If you get into marriage, and this is the person you're marrying, you have to understand that if you're a leader, and this person's a leader, you're going to have problems. Because one has to give in. Okay? If you look at these types, one has to give in. Although two leaders can't rule in one house, and I've seen a lot of marriages where there's two leaders, okay, because I've been using this for some time, you've got two leaders in one house, they can't get on. They're always having quarrels. Until one gives in, the marriage can't work, will not work out. Okay, so they're natural re- leaders. They're serious, and they don't, you know, they they don't like nonsense. They're they're fair as well. They're fair people. They're willing to take a, a difficulty, you know, difficult assignments. They're they're willing to make tough decisions. They act insensi- insensitively. Okay, these people they don't have, you know, they they like to get down to the job. They like to say things straight. Okay, the brass. Okay, they, they won't look at. What the, how the other piece, person is feeling and so on, you know, that's not more of a concern for them so they can be insensitive now can you imagine if this person is with a person who is sensitive can you imagine, if one, I'm going to go to some other types of guys who are really sensitive can you imagine if you put two people together, one sensitive you can't take jokes, one person you know, who likes to be absolutely serious on time and this person is the one who who's insensitive, doesn't care about other people's feelings and so on, what will happen to the relationship? Um, but they are often, these people are often outgoing, they are friendly, they like to be in control. They can intimidate less assertive people, meaning that they want to control others. 
They, they're most comfortable when, when everyone knows where, where the rules are. So they're actually, no, they're very concerned about rules. They'll make sure no one breaks, breaks the rules. Can you imagine now if they get with people who like to break rules? You know, there are some people who like to break rules. There are some people who are, who like to bend rules. There are some people who like to stick to rules. Now these people are the type who like to stick to rules. Where they're loyal, they respect authority, but they're conservative. They like to stick with ways that are already there. They don't like to go about new ways. Now can you imagine if they get with a person who likes to change a new lifestyle, change their ways every now and then, every year they want to, you know, change their outlook, change their ways, change the system in the house, change the system with their children and so on. Can you imagine if these people get with the other people, how they will live together? Okay, they, but these people, ESTJs, they like to rush to judgment. Okay, sometimes they like to make judgments very quickly. Now can you imagine people, if they're living with a person who likes to keep their options open? So this is a brief thing, okay, a brief analysis of this type of person. If you're this type of person, or if you know a person of this type of person, then you can go onto the internet, you can go onto google.com, type in these four letters, and it'll give you a whole, whole list of sites you can go into and find out about this personality type. Okay, so if you're getting married to a person like this, or if you, if you know of a person like this, or if you are this person of this kind, then you can find out how they are. And don't forget, these people, uh, you know, once you determine a type, it doesn't mean that they don't change. They can change, but it takes about five years for a person to change their, their personality. It takes about five years in the long run to, ch- to change it. But people can change. It doesn't mean that... Now, and what makes, this, what makes these personality types is uh, several things. Your genes, okay, your upbringing by your parents, what Allah gave you when you were born, the, the, the country that you were born in, the people that you live with, the co-workers, the friends you have, the school that you were brought up in, the values that you were given, okay, any traumas that you faced when you are a child, all these things can affect the type of person you become. Okay? Let's move on to the next one. Okay? I'm going to go quite quickly through these. ISTJ, if this is the personality type, then these, these people are responsible, they're reliable, they're hardworking, they mean what they say, they're accurate about facts, they always get their tasks done before they relax. Now, can you imagine if there's someone in the living, they're living with who, who likes to relax first and then get their, their job done? They'll always have argues with one another. They have excellent memories for details. They're quiet and they're serious. They're happiest when they're left alone. Now, can you imagine if these people get, get together with one who likes to talk a lot? You've got one person who likes to talk a lot and, you know, get their energy from talking. You've got another person who's married to this person who likes to be alone, who likes to be left alone get on with their own work and they're, they're living with a person who wants to talk and talk and talk you can imagine what's going to happen to their, you know, to their lives okay so these people that, they like to be left alone they don't need supervision when they're working uh, when, even when they're relaxing they find something to do with their hands okay they like to stick with familiar ways they're logical, objective they, they're sympathetic uh, they are they may seem that they are unsympathetic or uncaring to others. It's the way that they are because they, they, they like to think a lot and so on. Um, they're not likely to, to be influenced how people feel about their decisions. So they might say something, that's it, I care about this and I've said this, finished. Okay, so there are advantages and disadvantages of every type. They are fair people, they can be sometimes stubborn, they can be conservative. Okay, let's go to the next one. E-S-F-J If that's your, or if you know a person of this, meaning that they like to E meaning that they like to talk, talk to people, they, they, they prefer to talk to people S meaning that they concentrate on the facts F meaning that they are more feelers, you know, they like to feel things rather than, than, than uh, think about things uh, and J meaning that they, they are 
judging. Okay, they, they, that's how they live their lives. If it's ESFJ, then this will be the, the outcome. They, they, they are people who like to volunteer to help people first. They're friendly, they're outgoing, they're sympathetic. They, need, they have a strong need to please people. So these are the people who like to keep relations together. They're very traditional. They like to stick to their old ways. Okay, they value their family and friends above everything else. They're very hardworking. Uh, but they are unable to evaluate situations fairly and objectively. Now the fairness comes out of these people. They're not very fair. Okay? Uh, they're, they're sensitive as well. They take criticism very personally. You try and criticize or joke with them. Okay? They take it very personally. Um, they, make, they may make drastic actions um, sometimes such as ending someone's relationship because they offended them. When they're offended they can go to extremes. Okay? They assume too much responsibility on them, but they are very down to earth. They are not arrogant people, they are down to earth. They are hard working. Uh, they have... Uh, sometimes, you know, these people like to have activities like walking or biking and so on in their lives. They, they let, like to stick to familiar routine. And they have a very black and white outlook on life. Like things are either right or wrong. And they can be very judgmental as well. Okay, so this, this is the type. But again, like I said, if you want to learn more, either re- get the book and read it, or get similar books, or go onto the internet and find out about these types. Next one is ISFJ. That's a person who, I want to just give you what I means. What I stands for introvert, person who likes to stick to themselves. E means extrovert, person who likes to deal with others and talk to others. S means sensing, looking at the details. Okay, uh, so it's IS. And then F for feeling and J for judging. This person will be will have a strong need to belong to an organization or group. So these people you can lead. They like to be led. Okay? Now can you imagine if this person is with another person who likes to be led as well? You get two people who want to be led by others. Okay? They're, they're looking for leader. But they're both married to one another and no one's a leader. I've seen, I've seen families like this. What happens is normally the children take over. Okay? If, a children, if a child is a person who is a leader, he normally will dictate to the parents what they should do. And they have a hard time controlling the family. So normally what you want in a relationship is you want a leader and a person who likes to be led. If you can find that, that's best. Okay? Two leaders can't get on together, but two people who like to be led can get on together. So ISFJ, these are people who are hardworking, devoted, they, um, like, they like to gather and analyze data, they have excellent memories for things that happened in the past and events, they are quiet, reserved, loyal, they are very serious, responsible people, sensitive, sympathetic, they are good listeners, eager to help people, they avoid arguments, they are reluctant, uh, they're reluctant to become you know, in leading positions like supervisors and managers and so on. They may suffer anxiety if they have to, like, criticize someone. So again, these people, like, you can have, if you have two people in a marriage who don't like to criticize someone, can you imagine what will happen to their children? You know, okay, they will, they will come to a point when they'll tell the children off, but, you know, they will tell them off less, and that might spoil their general, sort of, future. They are comfortable applying knowledge, again, through direct experience. They risk, uh, but they can be, they go through a risk of being taken advantage by other people. Okay? They're warm, they're helpful, they're, they have a few friends that they share their uh, feelings with and they don't like it when people actually take their own, uh, their, their personal details and they share it with someone who they haven't given, uh, they, they given permission. 
Going to the next one now. Now we talk, move to a total different type of person. Okay, ESTP. So these people are extroverted, like they like to talk with a lot of people. Uh, they find that enjoying S, sensing, thinking and perceiving. P is for perceiving. So ESTP. These people are fun-packed and with adventure. You know, they're full of adventure. They're not the other types we were talking about. They are active, curious, playful, adaptable to certain envir- to many environments. They rarely think through the consequences of what they're doing. Uh, they're realistic, impulsive, super observant about their surroundings. They constantly scan their environment and people around them. They they love surprises. Uh, when when conversations get too serious, they get bored really easily, and they like to like. They like to make jokes out of what's, what's being said, just to make the atmosphere more light. There are people who, are, who love outdoors, who love sports. Uh, they're most natural athletes. Okay? They, they, they have trouble sitting still. Uh, and again, let me just say that if you have a child who's like this, you know, a lot of parents complain about hyperactive children. You should accept how your child is and then to give him what he wants, but get what you want as well. Like for instance, this is the type of person who likes to be outdoor, you know, who wants to be you know, with sports and so on. What you want to do is, this is what leads the person. So you want to use that as a bait in getting what you want. So you want to say, look, my son, if you get your homework done, I'll let you enjoy your sports, I'll, let, I'll take you out for a game, or I'll let you go into this place and have a game. But get this done first. Okay, now that incentive will make this child you know, want to do the homework. But if you just leave them alone, they'd play, they'd joke, they'd, you know, do everything else, but they won't study. Now, that's not their type. Okay, they don't want to study. Now, if, you're, if you've ended up with a child like this, what you want to do is you want to use, you want to find out what they like and what they dislike, and then use the things they like as a bait. Okay, and, and to, to give them incentives and motives to work to, to, towards. These people are quite pragmatic, they're friendly, talkative, energetic, they love to laugh and joke around, and they like to take risks as well in life. Okay? The next one, ISTP. So that's introvert, sensing, they think, and they also perceive. Now each one I'm going through, if you're a person with, with a lot of contact with a lot of people, you will have come across these type of people in your life. These, pe- these people, ISTP, they are independent, self- self-contained, aloof, uh, they stay away from people, you know, they would rather say to themselves, ultimate pragmatist, uh, cool, objective, you know, when things go, you know, the going gets tough, they can remain cool, and they can, they can, they're, they're the best in looking at the situation, uh, uh, what's needed to be done, they're the best to get down to it straight away. They're best responding to, uh, best responding to challenges that arise spontaneously, they have a talent for logical, uh, uh, analysis to solve problems, they're less skilled in interpersonal conflicts. Now these are the type of people, when it comes to people, and relationships, they're not good at making good relationships, unfortunately. They have good uh, skill of knowing what to do in certain situations with things and situations, okay? But they're not good with people, unfortunately. Uh, they're very private, realistic, uh, re- realistic and extremely practical. They like to work alone. Um, they, they, most of the jobs could end up in taking high risks. They are honest and down-to-earth people. That's the good thing about them. They're not people who are arrogant. They rarely try to control others. Okay? Moving to the next one. ESFP. That's one who is extrovert, who looks at the details, who feels, and who also uh, 
uh, feels when making decisions and who also goes about life by perceiving, meaning that taking things easy. Okay? These people are entertaining people, warm, outgoing, they know a lot of people, they like to be in the center of, attack, uh, uh, center of uh, action, they're optimists, okay? so they look at the, general, the good side of life, the bright side of life, they're enthusiastic, they're easily di- uh, dis- distracted. Okay, again things, they're easily distracted. Now can you imagine if they're living with people who are focused, who are determined, how, how they would live with these people? These people are easily distracted and you've got to put them with people who they can get on with. Okay, they're down to earth, they notice the beauty of everything around them, they like to lavish themselves with beauty and bright colours and fabrics and sweet smells and so on. They're, they're often rushing breathlessly from one experience to another, often running late or f- forgetting appointments. Okay, gener- they're generous people, eager to please people, keep their most private feelings to themselves, rarely uh, initiate a confrontation so that they won't have a confrontation with other people, they're sympathetic and compassionate. Okay? Moving to the next one, ISFP. These people are intro, like they like to keep to themselves, they look at the details, when it comes to making judgments, they, they feel rather than think, and then they, their general outlook on life is with perceiving. Okay? They, they're generally laid back. Or they like to take, take things easy. These people are gentle, sensitive, compassionate, down to earth, loyal, modest, intensely private people like to keep them to themselves they're very sensitive and they take the worries of the whole world on their shoulders they're observant they don't readily speak up in their own defense now look at this trait okay these people won't when there's something going against them they won't be the first ones to speak against it okay they wait for others to speak for them or they'll just moan to themselves you know and then they'll just when they come con- confront the person who's trying to intimate intimidate them or to you know or, or belittling them they won't speak up for themselves they'll keep their they'll hold on to their hurt feelings okay now can you imagine if they stay with the person who's critical who's always critical and looking at you know who's insensitive who doesn't care about other people's feelings can you imagine if they're living with these people these people are patient flexible, uh, they keep their lives uncomplicated, they rarely place a high importance on their work and on their family and they may become pessimistic as well throughout their lives. Okay, the next one is ENTJ, extrovert who have N as in, they look at the, the global picture, they look at the, the, the uh, larger picture, they're looking at the small details of the picture, they think Okay, rather than feel, and they judge as well, like they need to get on time, and they need to, you know, they're more serious. Okay? These are natural leaders. Okay, so again, you've got another set of leaders here. They, are, uh, they often make tough decisions. They are honest and direct and to the point. Okay, they will say things, they don't care, they don't like to beat around the bush. They want to say, and they want to get down to the point straight away. Right? They are unaware of the impact their actions will have on others. They're insensitive to the needs and feelings of other people. They're brusque, critical, appear, they can appear arrogant. They're not arrogant people, but people might see them as arrogant. Okay? Often in a hurry to get things done. They're talented, strategic planners. Uh, they like to, they can plan things very efficiently. Creative and innovative. They're bold. They make sweep changes. They can make sweep changes and bold changes. They're great lovers of learning. They like to learn. Friendly, outgoing, energetic, articulate, okay, surprised to learn, uh, sometimes they can be surprised to learn that their good ideas are not as enthusiastically as expected because they don't look at what other people will, will um, think and feel about what they're doing. Co- they're career driven and 
they difficultly have uh, they, they have difficulty in striking a balance between their work and their home life. These are the type of people who will give more priority to their friends and to their outside life than their inner their, their personal life or their wives or their children. Okay, so that's something to look at uh, when choosing these people these types. The next one is INTJ. These are global thinkers. Okay, global thinkers. They're ingenious and innovative. They, they, they find it best to restructure something, an organization or something or a system. They're, con- they're constantly on a quest to increase their knowledge. They're creative, iman- imaginative. So you can imagine these people have more to do with their brains than their, uh, the, than their heart and their feelings. They quickly grasp and analyze complex situations. They're critical thinking, they've got critical thinking skills. They're completely unaware or unconcerned with the details of their physical surroundings. Okay? Unaware of the emotional reactions and insensitive. Again, these people don't care about other people's or don't have a great concern about other people's uh, feelings. They, they're perfectionists. They like to have things perfect. Prefer to do work alone. They're hard workers, focused and determined. And they may result in becoming stubborn and inflexible. Okay? Next one, ENTP. These people are uh, getting people excited about their ideas. They're best at this. Charming, outgoing, friendly, skillful, are communicating with all kinds of people. Okay? Now, can you imagine if these people are with people who don't like to talk? <laughs> what will happen with their, to their relationship? Okay? They take reasonable risks, in, they have enormous confidence, the best ideas never come to. Uh, they, this is one thing against them that they have loads of ideas, but their best ideas don't come to. Uh, they don't actually get down to their ideas because they're too much brainstorming. They, don't, they, they can't get down to the nitty gritty. They, they're not people who are hard working and down to, down to getting the job done. They grow, they grow bored after initial and cre- cre- uh, creative, the, the creative phase. They like to think of the project, but the thinking is what inspires them. Not actually getting down to do, do the job. Okay? They have a strong need to be liked. They're funny, witty and engaging in storytelling. Okay? So they like to make laughter, jokes tease others. Okay, this is the type. Now, can you imagine if someone's sensitive and living with them, what will happen to the relationship? They're ultimately pragmatic decision makers. Uh, very flexible and adaptable. Neither particularly conservative, uh, particularly liberate nor conservative by nature. They're masters of bending rules. These people like to bend rules. They don't like to keep rules. Can you imagine if they're living with a judge, with a person who's got a J, likes to keep rules, stick to the stick to authority and these people now nah, take it easy, bend rules and so on. What will happen to the relationship? Difficulty in making decisions. So they can have difficulty in making decisions. Okay, the next one, INTP. The, these people are intensely logical. Perf- they, they, they like to have the, per- they, they, they look at the perfect solution or approach to things. They're intellectual, they're fascinated with power and are rarely intimidated by anyone or anything. Like, they, basically they're leaders, they're not led by others. They're easily bored with simple issues. They can tune out people. When, people. when they're talking to people and people don't get what they're saying, they can just, just don't care about them, not talk to them, move away from them. Um, they're less gener- uh, generally aware of feelings of others. They're very curious people, can become... Uh, they can have difficulty in communicating with simple things and with people effectively. Okay? It's just a brief thing. Next one, ENFJ. And these people like to talk with others, they have an N meaning intuition, uh, F for feeling and J for judging. They are warm, compassionate, anticipate their needs, okay? they are helping, articulate, uh, they can express themselves well, enthusiastic, 
They may be overly sensitive, deeply disappointed when people they believe in let them down. Okay? They're highly productive people in, and organized people. They're most satisfied when they're helping others find ways, okay, ways to reach their full potential. They can become inflexible and incapable of adapting of, or acting spontaneously. Okay? We've got just three more left. INFJ. Next one. These people are in, they have integrity and originality. They're excellent listeners. They're extremely uh, perceptive and empathetic. They look, they look at other people's feelings a lot. They're gentle, soft-spoken, thoughtful, caring, sensitive, uh, fiercely independent. These people, you know, they don't need others. They have this kind of thing that they're not dependent on others. Now, can you imagine if they're living with people who are independent as well? Okay, both two independent people. You know, I don't need you. Well, I don't need you too. <laughs> and they're living together. Okay, what will happen to the relationship? They're thoughtful, caring. Uh, they, they are. They, they fail to make. They fail to take in, into account realities that might prevent their ideas or vision from working. They miss essential details. They are judgmental and dismissive. They are decisive, organized, great planners. Fierce. They have a fierce determination. They like to set goals and can work tirelessly to achieve them. They take things personally as well, very personally as well. Okay, two more left. ENFP. Okay. These people are... Uh, they have a wide spectrum of interests. Enthusiastic, friendly, energetic. They, they, find, uh, they like to find creative ways to bend rules. Again, these are people who like to bend rules. They don't want to be living with people who like to stick to rules. Their brains, they have, uh, you know, they like to brainstorm a lot. Inattentive to details. They tend to maintain friendships for many years. Perceptive, insightful, empathetic, uh, good talkers. Like they can talk to a lot of people, you know, get, get going. Uh, they, they keep their options open. Difficult make, they have difficulty making decisions. Sensitive, they tend to take things personally. They are warm though, they are caring, concerned, deeply committed to their many friends, Use, usually cheerful, and they have a natural optimist, optimism. They can, uh, can you imagine if this person... This person would be good to live with a person who is a pessimist. A person who looks at the dark side of life, this person would be good to live with, because he will always push them towards optimism. And that person will always push them down towards looking at some of the dark side of life. But you shouldn't have two people who are optimists. Two people who look at always the bright side of life, they won't work down. Two people who always are pessimists, who look at the dark side of life, they won't get down. The last one, INFP. Now I've come to the last one. You must have come to your own one by now. INFP, these people, they're passionately committed. They're sensitive and caring. They have a great empathy for people. They may appear rather cool and aloof, meaning far away from people, and even uncaring to people who don't know them well. But that's not the, how they are inside. They t take m almost everything personally. F they keep their feelings to themselves, allowing their resentment to fester. Again, they, they're very sensitive people. They're often disappointed when someone does not live up to their expectations. Creative and imaginative. Okay? Not bound by conventional or traditional ways of doing something. Okay? They're open-minded. But they're tolerant of others who have an alternative lifestyle so, lifestyle, so they can adjust to others. They're very good people adjusting to other environments. And often enjoy spending large periods of their time alone in quiet reflection, reading or writing. Now, I've gone through the 16 personality types. Okay? Of these, you definitely, I mean, you're, you're definitely in one of them. Sometimes you might feel, well, I'm between these two. But nevertheless, you can, you can 
come down when looking at relationship or when you're looking for a person how to find out okay, who they are, what they are I mean look at the information, all you need to do is ask these four questions when you ask the four questions you know the person I tell, go away with those four questions look on the internet, you'll find a lot more than what I've said a lot, lot more okay, about what the, how the people are but like I said, use it to advantage to bring, you know, to, to say to yourself well, can I live with this person? that's what you want to say to yourself can I live with this person? Person. Some of these people get on with others, I, 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 and some of them don't get on with others. Some of them get on because they they share one thing. Others get on with people. They share two or three things. The more they share within them uh, with each other, the more they can get on. Some of them are total opposites. Okay, I'll give you an example. ESFJ. Live, can you imagine this person living with a person who is INTP? Total opposite. Okay, you know what will happen? I've seen it happen in real life. ESFJ is concerned with you know, getting things on time, right? um, having things in their correct ways, and so sensitive, oversensitive. He's looking at, you know, and he wants to make sure that everyone's feeling happy, yet he doesn't understand how to keep relations with other people. Well, he's a good, hard-working person. The other person, INTP, is one who tries to keep to himself, just reading a book, doesn't care what's going on around him, okay? doesn't get on time, not on time, always thinking about the, and insensitive, doesn't care about other people's feelings. Now can you imagine these two opposites living together? And lot, unfortunately some marriages end up like this. When you don't look at the inner feelings of a person, you don't look at what's inside. And again, with parents and children, if, you, if you've got a child, a child will not be your same type. A child will be different. A child will be someone Allah has made him. Okay? You could be an INTJ, but you have a child who is who is uh, ENFP or something. You know, someone who's laid back. You like to, you like to get on time, someone who's laid back. You, you're sensitive, but someone who's insensitive. You're a person who likes to, you know, look at the bright side of life, someone who's pessimistic, and so on. Okay? And you've ended up with a child. Well, what's the best way to deal with the child? How do you change the child? I'm not saying that people can't be changed. They can be changed. Um, but it takes, it takes some years to change people, okay? People don't change overnight. Inner things don't change overnight. It takes sometimes years for people to change. But you've got to be, you've got to look at, look at the, look at people as, okay, first I accept how this person is, and second, to look at what appeals to the person, and then to try and change them with things that best suit them. You can't, you can't say, well, you're, you're a person who doesn't care about others, and then you talk to people in that manner. You can't do this. You're a person who doesn't like to talk to uh, people much, and you're living with a person who likes to talk, well, you've got to compromise. Talk to the person. Okay? Or if you're a person who doesn't like to, uh, who, who likes to talk, compromise and don't talk so much. Okay? You'll upset the person and so on. So there's many things you can look at. And uh, just before I finish, um, I just want to say that people have to really give up. Okay? Islam means you give up. Don't expect others to to give up your, to your ways. Normally what happens in marriage is that both compromise. They both, one might start from far right and far left, other one from far left. Normally they come somewhere in between. The one who's stronger is like a tug of war. The one who's stronger will be able to pull the other one closer to his own grounds. That, that's what normally happens. Now, we'll come to the end of uh, this session. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Just to mention a few things about the personality type Some people can actually be in between 
the size of a the, the two sides of a spectrum. For instance, some people can actually be in between E and an I. Other people can actually be between an S and an N. And they somewhat fall in between two different types that I've mentioned and highlighted in this lecture. Another one thing I wanted to mention is that when you have one common personality type found in an area, whether it's a house or a workplace, for instance if people are J's or people are P's, and generally in a workplace if you have a lot of people as being P's and, uh, and they are all uh, laid back, you will find that commonly in that place some people will shift towards the J aspect and they will work harder. So this is same with N and S, if some people uh, think uh, towards the intuition side more and you find this commonly in the workplace, you will find sometimes that, the, that they will compromise and some others will start looking at the smaller aspects. And to also mention that we all have all eight aspects in our lives, so no one is actually just an E and never an I. No one is actually just an extrovert and never an introvert. We, uh, no one is actually a person with intuition and not with sensing. We all share these, but we just have a preference to one side, to use it more than others. One other thing I wanted to mention is that I was fortunate enough to attend a lecture by Mawlana Salman, and I give him a long life. Mawlana Salman Nadwi, who came from India, Lucknow, who is the grandson of Mawlana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi, and he gave a few lectures about Hujjatullah al-Baligha, which is a book of Mawlana Shah Waliullah al-Dahlawi. His book is Hujjatullah al-Baligha, and in this book he has a section on personality types. His personality types, some of them match the types that I've mentioned in the lecture. Some also have a different aspect and I just want to share a few of these things. How the Sheikh divides his personality types is first he divides it between the angelic and the animalistic. So some people have, and every person will have some aspect within themselves towards the angels and other people will have towards the towards the natural drives that we have within ourselves of fulfilling our desires, um, the desires, the animalistic desires, meaning the desires to eat a lot or the desires to fulfill our passions uh, with, with one another, with the opposite gender. But Shawaliullah rahimahullah then divides the angelic into two. He says that some angels are of a higher ranked degree, they are known as the Malakul A'la, and some are lower ranked, they are Malakul Sufla. So some human beings have the desire to be of the higher ranking angels, and some of the lower ranking angels. And both of these higher ranking and lower ranking angels, uh, or the degrees, uh, are in are exactly what I explained in the lecture about intuition and sensing. The higher being the intuition and the lower being the sensing. He also divides the animalistic desires into two, a strong sense within the body of fulfilling these desires and a weak sense. 
meaning that some people like to eat a lot if they have a strong desire or like to fulfill the passions a lot and some people have this weak inside and they fulfill them but they do not fulfill it to the maximum degree these four now create four combinations either a person will, would ha- will have one aspect of the ranking of angels meaning that he would have a desire to be like the Malakul A'la or the higher ranked angels at the same time he will have a strong animalistic desire or he will be he will have a desire of being with the lower ranked angels or a desire to be like them Malakul Sufla at the same time having still an animist, uh, strong animalistic desire and a person can have uh, Malakul Sufla on the one hand and a weak sense uh, of an animalistic desire four combinations are made Shawuliullah then explains that some people have a clash between their desire of being with the Malakul A'la and their animalistic desires and some people don't have a clash but they actually have controlled or maintained a harmony between the two with this new division you you have the four turning into eight different combinations so a person might have a malakul a'la degree a high degree uh, of uh, of a sense of being with the angels at the same time have a high degree of animalistic desires but either have a clash between them or have harmonious relation between the two and according to that the person would be of one category of eight different categories what I mean by a clash is that some people have sometimes a strong desire pulling them towards the angelic desires and sometimes or other times pulling them towards the animalistic desires other people have maintained the control or have brought one of them into control so they either are strongly towards animalistic desires and not at all towards the angelic uh, or they are towards the angelic and not much towards the animalistic desire so they brought that within their own control the sheikh gave an example of a person who has brought his own animalistic desires within control and he gave the example of Umar radiallahu anhu who had uh, within himself the desire to be with the Malakul A'la, the higher ranked angels at the same time he had a very strong animalistic drive but he maintained a control uh, and he managed to bring that within a harmonious relationship uh, with his angelic desires meaning that he had control over his animalistic desires and therefore he became a great leader of Islam and such people who have these strong desires on both sides and can maintain the harmony between the two do become strong leaders and they can achieve great things for this ummah whereas Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu had an aspect or a drive to become like the Malakul A'la the higher ranked angels but he had the the uh, he had a weak animalistic desire so therefore he was somewhat different to Umar radiallahu anhu I strongly urge people to read this book Hujjatullah al-Baligha the original is in Arabic there is definitely an Urdu translation and 
I don't know whether there is an English translation.